G'day and welcome to the first Illicit Free Agents podcast with Bauer, Brett and Faz. My name is Brett and today we have a very special episode, don't we Bauer? Exactly right, Brett. Today we'll be interviewing a young up-and-coming star of the AFL. We're pretty sorry to have him, aren't we, uh, Faz? We certainly are, Bauer. Tonight we've got uh, Daniel McStay from the Brisbane Lions Footy Club who is taking pick number 25 in the 2013 National Draft. He's got game number 50 this week against the Frio Dockers. G'day, Dan. How are you, mate? Oh, no worries at all. So just a quick one. Quick one first. Uh, how does this achievement of being one of our first interviews uh, rank as uh, compared to being an AFL footballer? Uh, look, mate, it's, uh, it's good. Um, it's a tough life. Uh, lots of scrutiny. Um, but, um, you know, I think the reward of... of Reaching the highest level is probably something that I, you know, I hold in high regard. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, very, very good answer there. This week's obviously you just had the gone through the buy round. Um, what do you, what are your, what are your thoughts about the buy? Do you feel like your body needs a rest now, or do you feel like you're you're still pretty fresh? Um, that's a good question. Um, I, I think I actually think we deserve um, another buy. I think we should um, we should have two during the season. Um, you play. 11, 11 rounds in a row and um, I know from, from myself like uh, I guess yeah, when you're losing and, uh, and you know your body is, is um, taking the knocks week in week out I think just having that extra couple of um, days to, to rest and, and actually get away from the club not only is it a, a physical refresher it's also a good mental refresher so um, yeah I was lucky enough to get away to uh, Byron uh, sorry Bondi and um, uh, with my mate Tom Boyd so um, yeah it's good to get down there and just get away from footy and just um, yeah really relax and have a bit of fun so well um, you you grew up in Croydon and went to school with um, your mate Tom Boyd as you just said so you obviously still keep in contact with him yeah yeah still still close with him um, obviously don't get seen as much as I'd like him living in Melbourne and me living in Brisbane, but um, yeah, whenever I get the chance to come down and um, for an extensive period of time, I'll yeah, no doubt catch up with him. So yeah, awesome. So you ever played against Tom before, and if so, what was it like? Um, yeah, played against him um, twice, I think, uh, twice at AFL level. Mm. First time um, we both played at either end of the ground. I think yeah, oh. I think that week he yeah, actually got the the Nab Rising Star. So yeah, I was in my second <laughs> you got year. You there. So. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and then the second time was um, just a couple of, I think around five this year, um, when I actually played um, in defence and he played up forward slash ruck. So um, it was the first time I actually played on him um, for a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. It was good fun. Awesome. So you got drafted in 2013, um, obviously went in the same draft as Boydie. When you were playing under-18 TSE Cup footy, who did you actually think was probably the best footballer you played against? Um, no, I think Tom was. Haven't played with him. Um, just his size and strength, and um, also his speed over over a short distance just made him pretty much, um, yeah, the ultimate key forward of that um, of that age group. Obviously, guys like Bontempelli and that um, were good players as well. But um, I think at under 18 level, um, I think Tom was still the best player. I think those other guys just took a little bit longer time to develop and in an AFL, they needed the AFL system to really shine so yeah I think Tom Tom's uh, playing his 49th game this weekend so does this give you bragging rights over him? Yeah I, um, I definitely uh, did mention that over the bye so <laughs> I told him that uh, yeah, a little bit more experience than him 
but obviously he's playing their premiership, so I think he, if anything, he's got the brag on. So. so back to the draft as well. So you did obviously end up going to uh, the Brisbane Lions, but did any other clubs sort of talk to you during that period? And what, at what stage did you know that you are going to the Lions? Yeah, it's um, interesting. So when I, uh, in my draft year, um, I think I spoke to uh, 16 of the 18 clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Yeah, the only clubs I didn't speak to were Gold Coast and Richmond. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to, spoke to Gold, one of the Gold Coast uh, people briefly in the, in the lift at... Uh, um, at the AFL draft combine, so um, yeah, kind of felt like they weren't interested. But you, I think everyone kind of handles it a little bit differently. The um, like the interviews and that. Um, some teams, some teams uh, kind of act really um, aggressive and, and act like they don't really like you at all. And then other clubs are a little bit more nurturing and kind of want to know a little bit about your family and your background and that. So every club does a little bit differently. And then. Um, I think a week before the draft, I had two interviews in my house, um, Adelaide, which stayed, they stayed for about maybe three hours, and it was pretty intense. And um, they had their psychologist and everything there, and then um, and then Brisbane rocked up that night and were there for 20 minutes. And basically, the head recruiter, Steve um, Steve Canal, come over and um, basically shook my hand, uh, shook my parents' hand, said, "Hey, how you going? Nice to meet you." Mm-hmm couple of questions um, and it was out of there so I kind of thought that Adelaide were more keen than um, Brisbane haven't spent so much time there but um, yeah I was lucky enough to land at the uh, Lions and um, yeah I guess uh, yeah just how it falls on draft night so obviously your first coach was Justin Lepage uh, is it true that you went to school with your stepsister yeah so she was um, she was in my year level uh I didn't really have a lot to do with her, but um, I actually didn't really know that she was uh, his brother, yeah, his brother, uh, his sister. I so, heard a, we've heard a little, sister. we've heard a bit of a different rumour, Dan, that actually pretty close to her, and that's what got Leppard, got you across the line and got recruited to Brisbane. Yeah, no, there's a few, few rumours going around that there was a bit of blackmail there, but <laughs> yeah. no, it was all, all in good fun. <laughs> yeah, no, so, um, yeah, she's um, nice enough um, yeah, girl, and um, I think she's in my uh, period class in Year 12, so um, it was always funny when I come into the class after her brother pretty much just interviewed me, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, uh, we'll go back uh, three years ago now to round 15, 2014, when you made your debut, <laughs> so it's uh, every boy's yeah. dream. Can you just talk us through um, making your debut in AFL? Um, yeah, so in our draft, um, our draftees, when they debut, uh, uh, they get their jumper presentation before the match, so um, I was lucky enough to have um, Big Brownie present me my jumper. So um, it was actually funny he he retired the week that I debuted, so um, that was that was a little bit fitting. Um, yeah, yeah, so I was pretty nervous, so that hey. match was actually um, known as Jonathan Brown's sort of farewell match. Uh, so a huge game for an absolute legend of the footy club. Uh, do you want yep. to talk us through the final uh, minute or so of that game? <laughs> Um, <laughs> thanks for reminding me. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, there's about nine seconds left, and um, I think they just kicked the point for some stupid reason. I went and grabbed the ball. Don't know why. <laughs> um, Ash McGraw was trying to run down and take the take the kick in, and uh, the umpire said, "No, no, no, he's going to take it." So I've just been like, "Right, I'm just going to kick it as far and as long as I can." 
and had no regard for the line and, yeah, stepped on it. And, of course, the umpire was right on the uh, right on the mark, so he, he saw the whole thing and, yeah, gave it a ball up. But luckily enough, we, uh, we have a win, so, yeah. So seeing, was, uh, seeing pretty, that you won that, seeing, yeah. So seeing that you still won that game, did one of the coaches pull you aside after the game and have a word to you, or was it all still pretty lighthearted because you still got the W? No, it was pretty lighthearted. I don't think they would have, um, they would have had a go at me if, even if I did step, uh, if, even if we did lose the game. I think, uh, I think they would have known how much it would would have meant to me if we had lost the game. And um, yeah, obviously it would have been absolutely devastating. You, so, you weren't temporarily yeah, banned from taking the kick-ins. Um, yep, I was banned for a good while. I think I still have, have that band on the <laughs> so. so Brisbane obviously cop a little bit of flack about their inability to keep uh, some of the younger talents. Um, you obviously really enjoyed your time there. Um, do you think you're pretty well nurtured once you once you first debut and when you first get recruited when you move up there? Um, I think a lot's changed since I I've been recruited. It definitely wasn't easy from from the start. Um, there was a lot of a lot of things that weren't done well, but um, I think as we've kind of um, learnt from our mistakes and, and got new people into um, into the high roles and, um, and, and learning on the job about how to uh, take in kids from interstate and how to make sure feel like um, the older group we had a, bit of, uh, a lot of older players and yeah. it was a little like just, just talk just sorry Dan for interrupting but just quickly talk us through from draft day you get recruited and then up until round one what happens do your parents come up and stay with you for a little while or do Brisbane get you a family um, yeah, so basically um, it's your choice, so you can um, either go into a host family, which at the time I didn't think sounded that good until I realised that some of the houses that you'd be going into, yeah. uh, like some of the people are just amazing, like um, obviously really well off people and, and just love the club and, and want to just look after you. I didn't realise it would be like that, I thought it was going to be a little bit um, intruding and that, but... Um, now that I've met a fair few of the families, um, yeah, I kind of wish I'd have done that in the first stage. But basically, when you first go up to Brisbane, um, yeah, you get drafted on the Thursday. I was in Brisbane on the Sunday night and at training on Monday morning, so it's pretty daunting. Oh, wow. yeah. um, and you're basically uh, straight into a full pre-season. Uh, sorry, straight into pre-season, but you only do 70% of it. So you do all the skills and all the um, all the gym and everything, and then they might take you out of a little bit of the running or you might do your own sort of running just to get you up to pace. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing to adapt to is um, is the weather. I mean, down in Melbourne, the weather... Um, you know, it gets hot in summer, but it's nothing like the humidity and the, and the heat that... Um, Brisbane producers, so um, yeah, I think that was probably um, the, the toughest thing, and then also, um, after you come back uh, to like, wherever you, yeah, you get that time off over Christmas for two weeks, and I think after that time is probably the hardest a lot of the guys struggle after that time, because they kind of had a little bit of a, um, a feel for pre-season, they go home see their family, see their friends, get a little bit of time off, and then um, they go back up and they kind of don't really see the, um, their parents for another three months until kind of the season starts. So I think that time is um, is probably the hardest. Mm. Yeah. So what are your what are your living arrangements now? Are you living with a teammate at the moment? Yeah, 
Yeah, so I've, I've got um, two blokes. Um, so Eric Hipwood, um, Josh Clayton, and um, and myself are all living in an apartment in um, in Tenerife, which is just outside the Fortitude Valley. If you know anything about the Fortitude, but um, that's, uh, it's like the party. It's like the uh, King Street of. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's the what are the what are the curfews like up at the Lions then? pretty good they, they we used to have a curfew but it's now about kind of what's best for you and what's best for the team so um take it upon yourself sort of thing yeah so i think um they've kind of decided look we're all grown men and we'll make our own decisions it's um boys, if you want to do boys. something stupid and kind of um yeah disregard the team and um you know the punishments will be put in place but as far as um since Faye's come in, um, yeah, no one's really stepped a foot out of line, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a good, I think, a good thing. So yeah, yeah. So um, talk to us about yeah your roommate Eric Hipwood. Um, we have a rumor here that he read every news article about him when he was uh, nominated for the Rising Star Award in round five. Can you provide any truth to that? <laughs> Look, it wouldn't surprise me. He does um, he does sit on his phone a fair bit, and um, yeah, he's always. <laughs> He's a we we talk about like better footy head and he's definitely one to um, be put in that category. I think he's I think he's out there watching the footy now or he was. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he loves um he loves reading that sort of stuff. So it wouldn't just, surprise me. Yeah, just while we're on the media, um, obviously terrible news with uh, Alex Vasolo coming out and having to take an indefinite break from the Collingwood Footy Club with personal issues. Do you read yeah. much of your own press that's written about you, or do you think that some AFL players are targeted a bit unfairly? Um, to be honest, living in Queensland, um, there's about one little um, article a day in um, in the Korea Mail, so <laughs> it's it's not really a, a huge issue for us. But I'm assuming down in Melbourne, yeah, it would definitely um, take a toll on some people. I mean, it'd be pretty hard if you couldn't even open your um, newspaper and, um, without seeing your face or without seeing something negative written about you. And, um, I I think after. Um, I try to stay away from it myself. I try to stay away from um, reading Facebook posts and reading um, all of that sort of stuff, it, positive or negative, because if you make a habit of it when you read it, when, you pos- when it's positive, you're probably going to read it when it's negative, and it's just the last thing you need. If, if you're already struggling, you don't need that extra kind of weight put on your shoulders. So exactly. as much as possible, um, yeah, try and stay away from it. That, only listen to really the people that, that really matter, which is your coaches, your teammates, and um, yeah, I guess your friends and family. So that's yeah. why we look at it. And uh, I believe you and the boys that you live with uh, have a sausage dog at the moment. <laughs> we did have a sausage dog. Um, so one of the um, one of the coterie groups. So um, the people that love the lions, they uh, we become really good friends with them. Um, our household and they have us over for dinner once a week so um, they went away for um, a football tournament one of their sons was playing in the the state um, the Queensland State Carnival so they they asked us if we could uh, look after their little fucking dog so yeah we took it in and uh, made sure that everyone on social media knew that we had it so (laughs) can you um, can you tell us about a pet that you might have at home in Melbourne Um, yeah I've got a (laughs) I've got a ferret um, home, so. It's not your everyday yeah, sort of pet. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting little uh, little character. Its name's Doodle. <laughs> what did you see him just running around the backyard and you sort of you just steal him and put him put him in a cage? Uh, yeah, so I 
we don't put it. Uh, we don't take it outside. It's a go by the way. And, uh, yeah, it's got a, we've got a little lead for it if we if we want to take it for a walk. I send my apologies. Doesn't really like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. Now, yeah. Dan, uh, is it true that you met X One Direction star Harry Styles and he asked to get a photo taken with you? That is true. <laughs> <laughs> so can, can no, you... that was. Um, yeah, how did you meet? No, him? that was. Yeah, so my, my dad's a tattoo artist, um, so he's been doing that for 30, 35 years or 40 years or, I don't know, a long time. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, one of um, one of the, his customers is a, uh, works for an entertainment company which kind of looks after all the, the big celebrities when they come down and he organises all their lifts and all their, uh, basically their whole timetable and um, Harry was after a tattoo and yeah. uh, wasn't really sure, asking where, where to go in Melbourne and, yeah, it was uh, quite enough to say, yeah, you got a big trip, so, yeah. So your dad being a tattooer, so I don't see um, any ink on you, do you? Do you have any tattoos? Um, well, maybe if I got the gear Collingwood, I might get one, but at the moment, as far as goes, no. Talking about Collingwood and Dane Beams coming up there and he's a captain of the footy club this year, who's got the worst tats at Brisbane? Oh, yeah, the Beams brothers would be up there. Yeah. <laughs> Although, my roommate Josh Clayton, he um, he went to Bali and he got, uh, he was a Brighton grammar, uh, uh, as he likes to, uh, likes to say, a bright grammarian. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so those guys. He, he's, um, yeah, his football team, like, you know, uh, APS and that, they have, uh, like, their school footballs on, like, like God, like, that's that's what you aim to win. No one cares about getting drafted, it's all about APS and APS football. Mm. And um, he's got the he's got his premiership tattoo on his on the side of his foot. Uh, that's yeah, pretty poorly done. <laughs> I think he was I think he was pretty drunk when he got done to so be honest. Private schoolboy goes and gets a tattoo yeah. in Bali. Yeah, <laughs> kind of imagine, I can't imagine that sitting well with his family. Uh, I don't even know if they they care to be honest. <laughs> Scott, like, he, his dad um, is a Gold Coast um, uh, list manager, so. He's, uh, he's seen it well and truly before being uh, around the football world, so, yeah. Now, since uh, since debuting, Dan, you've really gone from strength to strength, and one of your main attributes is your ability to sort of play forward and defence. Do you have a preference? Um, I think under Fags, I'm finding a little bit of a niche down back. Um, yeah, obviously, it's it's never going to be set in stone. I think I'm still capable of doing both, but I think at the moment, Playing down back, all I want to do is just find um, continual uh, consistency and, um, yeah, just try and make myself, um, yeah, grow, um, go from strength to strength and continue that. Um, yeah, and really focus on, on my, uh, the areas that I'm, I believe I'm good at, which is like my set marking, um, yeah, my ability to kick the ball and, um, yeah, and obviously find areas that I need to improve on probably just finding a little bit more more of the footy and um, yeah, continuing to get, in, get involved and, and that sort of stuff. So it's always always a work in progress and always learning, but um, yeah, it's been really good on the face. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, with modern day footy, obviously there's not as many one-on-one contests, but who do you think one of the better players you've played on so far is? Um, I played on, well, two weeks in a row I went from um, Charlie Dixon which I pretty much played him one out, and he's a very, not, very big Not a man. small guy. <laughs> no, he's not a small guy. So I found him very tough to match up on, just purely because 
Um, even when I got to run and jump at the footy, he was still... He's got such a good reach, Charlie Dixon. He uses his body really well. Yeah, he does. So I found him pretty difficult to play on and it wasn't didn't hope that the ball was coming in very quick and um, their midfield was right on top of ours. So they were basically running it in with pretty much unpressured. So I found that very difficult. And then I think a week later I played um, Sydney and, yeah, got the budwa. You got the budwa. So, wow. Yeah, so I pretty much, yeah, pretty much played on him one out and um, I think he ended up kicking eight goals. But... Um, we, we turned the ball over a lot that day. I think he kicked, ended up kicking five or six goals of, of that purely on turnover. So, um, yeah, it didn't help that I was trying to get off him while he was, <laughs> we were turning the ball over. And, um, yeah, it was just a bit off that night. So, yeah. Yeah, and I believe you uh, injured your hand through uh, midway through that game and you broke your ankle last year. So you've had a couple of injuries. Is this, how frustrating is that for you, having, uh, don't get that continuity in your game? Um, yeah, I... I try to find the positive in everything, so look at it as a yeah, as frustrating that I don't get that continuity. But for me, it was about um, when I broke my ankle. It was about um, finding what I could do. I couldn't, I couldn't run. I couldn't do um, like work on my football skills as such. But the one thing that I was able to do was probably get stronger. So I really put a big emphasis on that, and I, I think I put on about seven kilos over the six-month period um, and got a lot stronger. So. Um, I think um, looking at it that way, I found it like a bit of a positive. So, um, and then the hand was was not really a huge issue. It was just kind of went in, had surgery, and was back two weeks later playing Collingwood. So uh, frustrating, but not the end of the world. And I definitely don't um, take it for granted um, when you see guys like Dan Mental and Alex Woodward and um, Alex Johnson from Sydney. So. Um, you really uh, just think yourself lucky if it's just a little broken hand. Or who's um, who's someone you really look up to at Brisbane? Who's the guys you looked up to to train with and to to really idolise? Um, yeah, well, <laughs> funny enough, when I was in rehab, half our team was as well. <laughs> um, I think we had about twenty-two on the injury list when I Good. when I went in. <laughs> so um, towards the end of the year, there wasn't great, but um, I think the likes of. Um, yeah, Dane Beams um, obviously was struggling a lot with his um, with his knee last year and early this year. Um, had some quad issues and hamstring issues, so he was definitely a guy that, um, that I worked worked with. Um, very very professional, um, really pushes himself. So uh, yeah, I really got some motivation off him. And then young guy um, Sam Skinner, who I'm, I'm sure you guys would know, just um, made his. Um, returned to Neeful last week or the, last week and um, his story is actually quite amazing having come to the club at, with an ACL and then the week that he was told that he was going to debut in main training session at the end of the session just doing some like jumping on the on the big bag and yeah did his ACL again so um, yeah so a pretty pretty devastating story but so he really found his niche in rehab and, and was pretty much the, the leader of the rehab group and really um, tried to drive everyone along knowing that he was in there for the longest. So, um, great fella and, um, and really diligent with all his, all his hard work. So, I'm hoping for, for a debut um, for him soon. So, yeah. Mm. And you mentioned that you don't really read too much press about you, but some commentators such as Dermy and Brownie um, have competed to the likes of your first coach, Justin Lepich. How does this uh, sit with you? Um, I don't... I don't really uh, know because 
I never really saw Leopard play, so <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of footy when I was when I was young. So I only got into it when I was about thirteen. So it was. Yeah, I, I've been hearing a little bit about that, but obviously I don't really listen to the commentary because I'm either playing or when I watch it after the game, I watch it on mute. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but idea. I have heard that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so do you try to model your game over a certain player, or? I think uh, I think the best just um, try to grab snippets of of each each person. Um, mm. They look at a few really good players and try and find. Oh, right, I like I like the way he sets smart marks like. Jeremy Howe, like how he's able to read the flight of the ball better than most. And, um, you know, you look at those sort of things, how Stephen May can close down a spoil and um, and obviously his ability to spoil is, uh, is probably the best in the comp. And then Alex Rance, his ability to, uh, to body up opponents. So I think if you take a little bit of everything or try and learn off all different types of players, I don't think... Uh, time to yourself like this week you're obviously spending a bit of time with Boydie but during week to week what do you like to do to keep the mind fresh? Yeah um, look I guess having, um, having a really young group of, um, of players around the club it's um, it's always entertaining so um, not many of us are real um, footy heads we, we like to get out just, um, just catch up for coffee and do all that sort of stuff and play golf here and there and, so I? Um, yeah just really chill out but um, I also study on the side, so I study business, uh, just something that I can kind of tick off, and um, I guess it's a good way, especially living in Brisbane, it's a good way to meet new people, you know, meet girls here and there if I need to. How yeah, is that so side of your game? <laughs> are you, are you, are you spoken for at the moment? Are you still on the market? Good for? No, yeah, I'm still single, so if there's any, any ladies out there listening, Oh, good. Hey, well, there's quite a few. Well, the reason I brought up sort of what do you do in your own time, we've actually got a section on the show called uh, Faz's Flashbacks. So if you've ever got a f- spare minute or two, have a read. Have a, It's a good read through. Last week we had a little section on the Gold Coast Suns, a little where are they now? Okay, I will do it. <laughs> so, uh, Dan, after you finish up with footy, do you hope to follow in footsteps of former Brisbane Lions players Jonathan Brown and uh, Brendan Favola and join a radio team? Uh, yeah, that, that is... Definitely something that uh, would interest me, you know. So, yeah, would you consider joining DFA? Uh, full time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after footy, you know. There might be a spot available. Yeah, well, um, yeah, if you guys would have me, I'd love to be a member of that. <laughs> there's any, um, there's any we'll mixed netball teams um, available after my retirement, you know, I might even be able to fill in a spot there if, if that's available as well. So. Oh, beautiful. Thanks yeah. for that, mate. I'll try and keep this, I'll try and keep this schedule open for you. All right, Dan, well, it's been lovely speaking to you, and um, it's probably all we've got time for, but all the best for your 50th game this week. Hopefully you can get the four points against Freo at uh, the Gabba. Thanks, mate. Yeah, hopefully I'm playing. <laughs> hey, Dan, we've got one, one special request, though. If you could kick yep. a goal this week, then just rub the top of your head, yeah. and that's like a little sign to your DFA listeners that uh, you're giving them a bit of love. How's that? I'm sure the specimen will give you a quick handball. Yeah, well, that's what he's doing cool, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. Nah, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Thanks so much, much Dan. Cheers. cheers. That brings us to the end of the first delisted free agents podcast. Special mention must go to Dan McStay from the Brisbane Lions Footy Club for donating his time during the buy round. To the DFA family, 
stay tuned. We'll be having a weekly footy podcast that'll be covering all games with the world-renowned value and lock bets. Stay tuned.